Hey, it's KJ with Living Christian, and welcome to the Bible Reading and Coffee Drinking Podcast. If this is your first time here, what we do on this podcast is read a chapter of the Bible, drink a little bit of coffee, and talk a whole lot about Jesus along the way. Each episode dives into Scripture and discusses it in a somewhat modern and relatable way. I'll also be answering some questions from my social media followers. Oh, and we'll drink coffee along the way as well. If you feel the urge to support the podcast, you can do so right here on the podcast page. If this podcast helps you grow in your faith, maybe consider sending it to a friend or uh, maybe dropping a rating or review. It certainly helps us get the word out. And also, make sure you check out livingchristian.org for Bible verse lists, Christian blog, an apparel store with a bunch of Christian t-shirts, hoodies, hats, and more. It's awesome. All at livingchristian.org. And if you're there, make sure you use the code PODCAST20. That's a special code for 20% off our entire store only for our podcast listeners. So PODCAST20. Use that when you're on livingchristian.org. Now, let's get to the episode. All right, welcome to a brand new episode. We're hitting Exodus 20 today. Uh, this is talking about the Ten Commandments. <clears throat> we haven't read this one before on the Instagram Live or on the podcast. Uh, so we're going to go through, we're going to learn about the Ten Commandments, and we're going to kind of talk about it along the way. Uh, so I appreciate you joining me. Uh, and if you haven't already, rate or review uh, any of these podcasts or on YouTube, if that's where you're watching it, uh, if you're live uh, on Instagram, uh, thank you for joining me this morning. So let's hit the Ten Commandments um, let's start Exodus 20. Uh, and yes, I'm wearing my glasses for those watching this, uh, because, uh, I'm getting old. I'm turning 50. I can't see anymore. All right. Uh, Exodus 20. Uh, then God gave the people all these instructions. I am the Lord, your God, who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. You must not, and this is the first one, you must not have any other God before me. So first, right out of the gate, God basically says, Hey, I rescued you guys. All right, you're my people, and the first thing I want you guys to always abide by is to not have any other God before me. And it's a little g, right? And we just <clears throat> we distinct the little g versus the big g in the Bible versus the God versus all the other gods that were going around or people thought they were uh, back in the day. So first and foremost, the most important thing God wants us to do, God wants us to follow, is not to have anything else, any other God, but Him. All right, verse 4. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or any image of anything in the heavens or in the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. I lay the sins of the parents upon your children. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. But I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. All right, so that's interesting. He, this is the, one of the longest ones, right? The two longest ones he goes into are either the idol one or the uh, the Sabbath one, okay? So what he what he's trying to get across to us is don't put anything else. At first, don't love any God other than me. Second, don't put anything above me. Don't make any idol, whether it's physical or anything else, anything else that you worship. Don't worship anything above God. He's a jealous jealous God, as he says. You must not bow down to them or worship them. Now, here's a question for you guys. It's a question I ask myself all the time. Are there things out there that you're making an idol of? Now, back in the day, right, back in the this time where he's talking to Moses, there were people making idols and statues and like physical idols of things they were worshiping. Now, of course, that's an issue. <laughs> But you could argue that in today's world, uh, we make all sorts of things idols. 
Um, so what, ask yourself this, and this is what I ask myself all the time. What are you putting above God? Anything? Be honest with yourself. What do you, what, what takes more time out of your life and takes time away from God? Is it this phone? <laughs> is it social media? Is it your job? Is it uh, something that you love, a passion that you may have? Uh, maybe it's gossip, maybe it's politics, whatever that may be. That's an idol. And we have to be careful with this one. He put second for a reason, right? He wants everybody focused on God. First and foremost, don't worship any God other than me. Second of all, don't make an idol or don't worship anything above me. That's what he's saying there. So be cautious about things that take time of your life or things that you deem more important. Money, success, worldly things. Be cautious and careful with those things. Uh, make sure they don't take up more time than, than you have God in your heart. All right, uh, the third one. You must not misuse the name of the Lord, your God. Lord's all capped there, which is important. The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. So he's in two of the three, he's already talking about punishment if you don't abide by these commands. So don't have any other God before me. Don't make an idol above me. Don't misuse my name. Uh, verse 8, remember the, to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons, your daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day he rested. This is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. This is a big one. I mean, it's a big section in there. He wants us to rest, okay? He wants us not only to observe and appreciate the work that he did, he wants us to emulate what he did, working six days a week, so to speak, in that terms, and then resting on the seventh. So take time to rest. You could argue whether it's a Saturday or a Sunday, what calendar, I don't even care, right? And we can have that discussion. That's a long discussion. I get hit up on that all the time on DMs and in comments, whether I'm abiding by the Sabbath correctly. In reality, Jesus is my Sabbath. I rest in him, right? But And, and as we're talking about the Israelites at the time, right, the people with Moses, they're, they're commanded to rest on the seventh day. God doesn't want us to work ourselves to the bone. Six days a week, seventh rest. Emulate God, watch God, and be like Him. All right, that's it. Next ones are interesting. You know, he, he rapid fires through the next uh, several. One, two, three, four, five, six. So the last six, the first four, he goes into pretty good depth. All right, he's like, hey, don't have any other gods before me. Don't make an, don't make an aisle. Don't use my name in vain. Rest when I tell you to rest and relax, and reflect, and spend time with God, okay? Have a day that's solely dedicated to God. So he goes through a good chunk of, of kind of instructions there. And then he rapid fires through the last six, and it's interesting how that's the case. Uh, sometimes I like to go through and read them very carefully and understand why God put them in the order that he did. Doesn't make them any less important than the ones before, but... He gets through the, I guess, the big, the big ones, and if you do those, the rest of it will take care of itself. That's how I like to learn it. If you, if you love God with all your heart, all right. If you have no other God before Him, if you don't have any idols or anything else, people, things, items above God. If you don't misuse His name, right? 
if you honor him, and then if you rest in Jesus, in God, then the rest of them will take care of themselves. So let's go through the last six. Verse 12, honor your father and mother, then you will live a long, full life in a land the Lord your God is giving you. So honor your father and mother. Now he's going into worldly behaviors, right? So at first he's talking about, you know, honoring God, making no idol above God, don't misuse God's name, reflect once a, once, once a week, rest in God, right? This is all about him. Now he turns the last six, and he's talking about things not to do on this earth, or do to do, ones to do, and the rest of them are not. First one is, honor your father and mother. You will live a long, full life in the lands, in the land the Lord your God has given you. So now he's not talking about heaven, he's talking about earth. Honor your father and mother, and you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. 13. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely against your neighbor. You must not covet your neighbor's house. You must not covet your neighbor's wife, male or female servant, ox or donkey, or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. So he rapid fires through those last ones, right? So what does he say? All right. Honor me. Don't put anybody, anything or anybody above me. Don't misuse my name. And rest when I tell you to rest. Now, let's turn the page over here. This is what I want you to do here on earth. Honor your father and mother. If you do that, you'll live a long, healthy life here on earth. Now, here's what not to do. Here's how to act. Don't murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't lie against your neighbor. When he means neighbor, he doesn't mean your next door neighbor in your neighborhood, in the house next door. He means your neighbor, right? People that you live with. Everybody in this world in, in reality. And the last one is don't covet your neighbor's house, his wife, his servant, his items, his donkey, anything that belongs to his neighbor. All right? Love your father and mother. Don't do these things. Be a good person. Don't murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't lie. And don't be jealous. Don't be jealous of what your neighbor has. Hmm. Think about that for a second. Let's think about the last one. Verse 17. How often do you scroll through social media and see what your friends are doing? Maybe they're, they have a new outfit or a new car or a new house or they're on a vacation and you're jealous of them a little bit and you compare yourself to them a little bit. That verse, excuse me, verse 17 is very important. God does not want us to compare ourselves or be jealous of what our neighbor has or does, period. So, with that being said, take care of your own house. Be grateful and love your neighbors. Don't be envious. Don't covet what they have because that runs into all sorts of issues. So that's the 10. Let's go on. Let's keep going on to verse 18. When the people heard the thunder and the loud blast of the ram's horn, and when they saw the flashes of lightning and the smoke billowing from the mountain, they stood at a distance, trembling with fear. So these are all the people that were with Moses, right? These are all the people following Moses out of the desert to the promised land. And they could see up in the mountain this thunder and ram's horn, and they heard the loud blast and saw lightning and smoke 
and it, and it scared them. And they said to Moses, you speak to us and we will listen, don't, but don't let God speak to us directly or we will die. They were scared. It was just too much for them. It was too out, you know, outside of their worldview. Verse 20, don't be afraid, Moses answered them, for God has come in this way to test you and so that you may, you, your fear of him will keep you from sinning. So God's instilling this fear, right? He's instilling this fear in them so they'll obey him as the people stood in the distance moses approached the dark cloud where god was they obviously weren't that far god moses is able to talk to them from the mountain so now moses is approaching where god was okay and the lord said to moses say this to the people of israel you saw for yourselves that i spoke to you from heaven remember you must not make any idols or silver or gold to rival me. He's bringing that back up again. Verse 24, build for me an altar made of earth and offer your sacrifices to me, your burnt offerings, your peace offerings, your sheep, your goats, and your cattle. Build an altar wherever I cause my name to be remembered, and I will come to you and bless you. If you use stones to build my altar, use only natural uncut stones. Do not shape the stones with a tool. It's going back to the idol issue. For that would make the altar unfit for holy use. He doesn't want any item to be idolized. Do not approach my altar by going up steps. If you do, someone might look up your clothing and see your nakedness. That's an interesting way for him to wrap up Exodus 20, right? It's, it's so bizarre to me. And sometimes when you're reading these things out of context, it's not like if Moses is writing this, it's not like he stopped and said, okay, verse 21, he's writing these letters. So it's, it's interesting how they cut these things together. But, um, you know, it's, uh, you know be, be wary of yourself. Be, be aware of your circumstances. God wants us to know at the end of um, Exodus 20. So what to do with that stuff? What to do with the Ten Commandments? Right? Do we abide by those because God commanded us? Well, we're not Israelites at the time. But we certainly abide by them because we want to live a holy life and we want to live as God's commanding us, okay? And it's funny, <clears throat> not funny per se, but it's interesting to me how <clears throat> most of the civilized laws that we put in place together now wrap around the Ten Commandments. Think about it. In your country, wherever you're located, it's illegal to you know, commit murder. It's illegal to lie. It's illegal to do these things, depending on the context. And a lot of those are based right there in the Ten Commandments. Those moral laws that God gave us to live by, to be the type of people he wants us to be, okay? Abide by the Ten Commandments, not because you have to to get to heaven, not because you have to earn your way to heaven, but abide by them to honor God, okay? That's my advice, and that's what I take out of that today. Cool? All right, hope you guys liked Exodus 20. Uh, that was a great chapter of the Bible. Once again, we're going to be working through the top 10 most popular, quote-unquote, uh, chapters of the Bible over the next few weeks. So now's the time where I answer a few questions. So if you got any questions, if you're live here, make sure you hit the question mark on the bottom and I'll uh, I'll hit a few uh, time permitting here, okay? <clears throat> if you put them in the comments, I probably won't read them because there's there's comments scroll, scroll so fast from what I can see them. So let's see if I can answer a few questions and then we'll go about our week. <clears throat> All right. How do I overcome being mad at Jesus? Because I have cancer. I know I'm wrong, but I go back and forth. Louis, that's a tough one. Now, here's the deal, okay? Bad things happen in this world, whether they're um, diseases or whether people do bad things 
to each other? Uh, that's the age-old question. And a lot of atheists have a hard time believing in, in God that, in their mind, allows bad things to happen on this earth. And if, if, you, if you read the Bible, right, you understand that God is a, a God of love, but he's also a God of punishment. But with that, we also live in a fallen world, that makes sense. So because of that, the devil works hard in this world. Whether, and I firmly believe this, whether it's through, through, whether it's through uh, diseases or whether it's through um, bad circumstances or through people. And sometimes, a lot of times, we cause a lot of stuff to ourselves, if that makes sense. I don't know what caused your cancer. It's a terrible situation. I'm certainly praying for you. But it's not necessarily, it's not Jesus' fault <laughs> that you have cancer. What Jesus will do is heal you, whether on this earth or in the next life. Focus on that. We'll keep you in your, our prayers. But don't blame Jesus or God for the bad things that happen in this world. Trust me, it, it pains him too. I firmly believe that one day you'll get to heaven, Louis, and you'll hug Jesus. And he'll help you understand why you went through what you went through or why in your perspective you know possibly that he allowed that stay focused on your eternity and not the things that you have that you have to deal with here we all deal with bad things i'm sorry you're going through that it stinks but it's not god's fault if god didn't allow right all the bad things to happen in this world we wouldn't we wouldn't need him quite frankly a lot of times we go through tough times, whether it's cancer or sickness or struggles or losing jobs or whatever that may be, losing friends, money issues, right? Um, sometimes we go through those things and it gets us closer to God. And if life was perfect, Adam and Eve had a perfect life and they didn't realize they needed God until they disobeyed him. All right? I like to, when I'm dealing through challenges in my life, <clears throat> I like to try to help it bring me closer to Jesus instead of further away because I know I need him because I can't get through it myself. You can't either. Love you, Louie, and we're going to pray for you. Okay? You'll be okay one day. I promise you that. You'll be healed. All right? Now, let's go hit a, maybe a little bit lighter one. Louie, I love you, buddy, but um, I'm sorry you're going through that. Um, doo -doo -doo, let's see what we got. Do you believe we're living in the end times? Yikes. I thought, I thought I were taking a lighter question. I don't know why I, I picked that one, but I'm going to hit it. <clears throat> I feel we've been living in the end times uh, since Jesus ascended into heaven. How about that answer? Um, you know, a, a day is uh, to the Lord is like a thousand years. I don't know when Jesus is coming back. <clears throat> but the second he ascended into heaven, we've been separated from him on this earth. Uh, therefore, we've been in the end times, right? Um, I know you want an easy or short answer <clears throat> in the sense of, yay, all the signs that are happening, the, you know, the Euphrates is drying up or whatever that may be. And uh, these are all signs that uh, we're in the end of days in the book of Revelation. And maybe we are. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm not focusing on that every day. I'm focusing on 
living my life, loving my family and my friends, and talking to you guys and trying to get everybody to know Jesus. Uh, because I think, quite frankly, whether your last day on this planet is today because of something tragic that happens, or 20 years from now, because Jesus, you're raptured into be with Jesus, I'm ready every day, right? So be ready every day. Uh, so yes, I think we're in the end times. We've been in the end times for a thousand years, two thousand years. Okay, <laughs> so uh, it didn't keep me up at night, if that makes sense. All right, a couple more questions, and we'll wrap it up. Uh, um, can a person be an idol? That's certainly um, going back to our uh, readings that we just went through, Exodus twenty. Absolutely, a person can be an idol. It doesn't have to be a materialistic thing. It can be anything, right? It can be social media. It can be music. It can be a, a, a toxic spouse. It can be all sorts of things, right? Uh, so anything or anybody that you put above God and um, that you would consider, he would call worship, you would, just, you would probably just consider important, uh, can be an idol. People, money, circumstances, social media, your job, anything, anything above God. Please up, uh, upload YouTube videos. I am. This will be on YouTube in about an hour. Uh, all right. Uh, last question, and we'll get on out of here. Let's see what we got here. I got tons of them here. Let me kind of scroll through them. So bear with me. Have patience with me for a second. Um, okay. Uh, this is uh, this is a good question. How can I know the gift that God has given me? I know everyone has a gift, but how do I know what mine is? Okay. That's a that's a tough question. Now, and all I can tell you is kind of what I feel my gift is, if that makes sense. Let me have a sip of coffee, and maybe they'll, maybe this will help. Thank you for the badge. Those uh, Whoever just bought the badge, I saw it go through. Thank you for buying the badge. It supports the ministry. All right, so my answer is this. I didn't know what my, um, my gift was, and I separate my purpose from my gift. Here's what I mean by that. I firmly believe in Matthew 22, that's why I have this tattoo on my arm, um, that our purpose in life uh, is to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and love our neighbor as we love ourselves. I firmly believe that's our purpose. If we do that, if that's what God wants us to do. That's our purpose on this planet, is to love God and love each other. I firmly believe that. Now, I separate that from my gift, okay? So my gift is how I, what I am good at, right? Or what, what can God use that I can do? Okay, so for, I'm, as I mentioned earlier in the, in the broadcast, I'm turning 50 this year. Um, I did, for a long time, I didn't understand what my gift was. Um, got out of college. Uh, I'm a marketing person by trade. Uh, I started building websites back in whew, 1995, uh, and I was a marketing person. I could, I could, um, I could write. I got a degree in English. Um, I, I enjoyed writing. I enjoyed marketing, uh, creative design. I enjoyed that. That's kind of what I did for a, a, um, a vocation or, or my career, if that makes sense. So for a long time, I didn't understand. I, I would be the same way you are. Like, I don't understand, God. What, what, you, what's my gift? How do I what, use me? How are you going to use me? And what I realized uh, a handful of years ago was my career, so to speak, or my, my skill set that I had been using in just normal life, uh, I could use to spread the word of Jesus. So I built a website. I do this podcast. I do Instagrams. I got over a million people. I got probably two million people that follow me on all my platforms between Facebook and TikTok and Instagram and Twitter. Uh, it's probably close to two million. I don't know. Um, I could use my marketing skill set to spread 
the love of Jesus. So that's how I figured out what my gift was, my spiritual gift. And, it's, it, and sometimes your spiritual gift is your physical gift. So think about what you're good at, right? Are you good at making something? Are you good about? Are you good at speaking? Are you good about you know reading? Are you, are you good uh, at any other skill set that you may have? Maybe it's sales. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's just somebody that um, you're really good at organizing, right? Organizing your your home, organizing your organizing parties or get-togethers with your friends. How can you use that skill set to bring people closer to Jesus? That's your spiritual gift. And, and sometimes it's hidden amongst worldly things. So you're using it in a way that you're like. I didn't know. I didn't understand that. Somebody just it went by real quick. Somebody said, I'm really good at counseling. So go counsel somebody. Help them, you know, get over their troubles and bring them to Jesus. That's your spiritual gift. So think about what you're good at. Maybe pray about it and ask God to reveal it to you. But everybody's good at something. If I go through all my friends and family, they're all good at things. Now, are they using those things to spread the gospel? Are they using those things to glorify God? Probably not. Maybe they are. They are. But in my mind, God gives us those things for a reason. Sometimes we don't even realize what they are till later in life. I mentioned I'm going to be 50 this year. I didn't even understand what my gift was until I was 45. I didn't know what it was, and I guess I'm okay at it, <laughs> right? So, and you see all these people that come to God later in life, or who knows how old you're going to be once God reveals that gift to you. But you have one, I promise you. If you look hard enough and you pray hard enough, you have a gift. You may just not be using it for what God wants you to use it for. Hopefully that helps. All right. So uh, thanks for reading Exodus 21. Next uh, Friday, we'll hit another uh, chapter of the Bible. Uh, if you missed any part of this, you can watch it on Instagram or on YouTube or listen to it on the podcast coming up. Uh, give me an hour or so, and I'll try to get it up on uh, Spotify, Apple, you know, Amazon, all the places that I have the uh, podcast. So take a listen to that. I uh, hope you have a, guys have a great week. Let's pray real quick, and we'll get amongst, uh, we'll get about our week, okay? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for bringing us together today. I missed these discussions with my Instagram friends and my podcast listeners. I missed, I missed this. Thank you for using me as a vessel, Lord. As we talked about our spiritual gifts for the last five minutes in this broadcast, thank you for revealing mine to me. And I pray that you reveal to everybody watching this or listening to this what their gift is. I pray that you use them and they allow you to use them as a vessel for the gospel and for the love of Jesus. I pray you soften their hearts so they can hear you talking to them. Pray for peace in this world, love for each other, and a lighten of the burden that we all feel right now. I don't know what everybody's going through right now, Lord. But I know that you can lighten that burden for each one of us. We just have to give it to you. I pray that you soften our hearts so that we do. Sometimes we have a hard time doing that for ourselves, Lord. We love you and trust you. It's in Jesus Christ's mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, guys. Love you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you guys on Friday. Until next time, uh, keep uh, forever on your mind and Jesus on your heart.